In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Three in One who comes and brings His story into our lives. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there's all sorts of Christmas stories that are out there. Now, of course, we know the one most important Christmas story, and that's the story of Jesus being born into the world. But when you look around, you can find plenty of other Christmas stories that are out there. Some of them come in movie form, some of them are stories that were written down, some of them come through songs. You know these stories. You know stories like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You know stories like A Christmas Carol. You know stories like A Miracle on 34th Street. You know all of these other sorts of Christmas stories that pop up in our culture and that we know and that we a lot of times really love. But there's one Christmas story in particular that seems to have caught on in our culture and in our world today, and that is the Christmas story that bears the name A Christmas Story. And if you've never seen A Christmas Story, it's, it's a fun movie. Basically, it all revolves around this young little boy named Ralphie. And Ralphie's about nine years old, and the only thing that Ralphie wants in his life is a Red Ryder BB gun. And he knows that he won't be able to get it because his mother continuously tells him, You'll shoot your eye out. And so, he prays, and he finagles, and he does everything that he can in order to get this Red Ryder BB gun that he's just hoping for, even though he knows that there's probably no hope, because his mother will just once again say, you'll shoot your eye out. The story is actually kind of a bland story. I mean, if you have seen the movie, you can probably go along with me on that. There's really not a whole lot that happens in the story if you were just going to watch the events that happened. But the thing that makes a Christmas story such a special story, that makes it really an enjoyable story, is not just what happens, not just the actions, not just the picture that you see, but it's the narration over top of it. You see, throughout A Christmas Story, you have the voice of an adult Ralphie who has grown up and is looking back at this one Christmas and narrating the events as they happen and explaining them and telling you what those events mean. And so, because you know the backstory, the story itself really blossoms and becomes something special, becomes something that you enjoy watching, something that turns into a Christmas story for you. Well, you see, we have that same thing here in our Gospel reading today. Today we read the same story as what we read on Christmas Eve. We're reading the same exact happening as what we read from Luke 2 when we gathered together here on Christmas Eve. We're reading about this little boy who was born into the world. 
But instead of looking at it from Luke's perspective, we're looking at it from the perspective of John, the evangelist. John, this person who lived much later, who lived at a point where he was just a little boy when Jesus was crucified who might have even been named after this other John, John the Baptist. But John's perspective on the story gives us the backstory. John's perspective on the story gives us the knowledge that we need in order to make Luke's telling of this story, that beautiful nativity scene story, to make that story complete. Because you see, when you begin in Luke's Gospel, in the second chapter of Luke, you hear about Caesar Augustus who called a census during the time when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And he places it in that time and in that place. And he tells you about how Joseph and Mary had to travel to Bethlehem. And while they were in Bethlehem, they had a boy. And this boy was named Jesus. And then, out in the fields there were these shepherds, and these shepherds heard from angels that this boy was born. And they ran, and they gathered together in that stable, by that manger. But at that point, they only had the first part of the story. They only knew the mystery of who this little boy was going to be. They only knew that this was supposed to be a king, but they didn't know how he was going to be a king, or how he was already a king. And that's what the story of John tells us. John gives us that backstory, that background information, that this little boy was the Word, was the pre-incarnate Christ. This little boy was, well... Sometimes when you looked at him, he was with God, and sometimes when you looked at him, he was God, and sometimes when you looked at him, there was just this mystery about him. But he was born into this world, and this world didn't recognize him. In fact, it was only those shepherds that came and visited him. It took two years for some foreigners to finally follow a star and come upon his little home in Nazareth. It took that long for him to be noticed by seemingly anyone. And in fact, he was rejected and abused by so many. But finally, for those people who received Him. He gave them the ability to become the children of God is what John tells us. And so, you take the story of the nativity scene. You take the donkeys and the sheep. You take the shepherds and the wise men. You take that scene of the manger and then you overlay it with the backstory, the story that John tells us today. And you come at a fuller story 
of who our Savior is. And we have the same thing in our lives. I can go through my day and I can do a lot of things during my day. I can go a lot of different places and I can see a lot of different things. I can help a lot of people or I can hurt a lot of people. And just looking at that story of mine, you maybe might be able to imagine up or even deduce some things about the story that's really driving what I'm doing. But there is a story behind what we do. There's a story that motivates us. There's a story that makes us do the things that we do. If you, this week, took your presents back to the store, then there was probably a story that described why you were going back to that store. If you came back from traveling someplace, then there's probably a story about how you traveled there and back. There's always that background story in our lives, and yet so often... For us Christians, we try to hide probably the most important story that drives what we do. That story that is this story from John, and that story from Luke too. The story that gives us the purpose of going out into the world and living as if we know, because we do know, that He lives inside our hearts, that He lives inside our minds, that He lives inside of our story. That's what we're supposed to do, is to reflect His light, reflect His story into this world. But yet we don't do a very good job of that a lot of the time. In fact, a lot of times we're barely reflections at all of His story. And even when we're at our best, we're just a reflection. And that was not good enough. And so God, instead of telling us to simply be reflections of His love, He did something else. Instead of telling us you must be a reflection, He sent Himself, His own story, into this world so that we might be rescued, so that we might know the fullness of that story, so that we might be able to live that story within our beings, recognizing that that story is the story that is above all stories. Because the backstory to that one is God's love that came to this earth as a little baby boy, the Word incarnate, who was rejected by us, put on a cross, died on that cross, rose again after three days, and because of that, we will know His story for all of eternity. Amen.